0: Corden here. Mark chapter number five. Very familiar pastor scripture this morning. I ain't preaching nothing new at all. It scares me sometimes when preachers start bringing out new stuff. Anyways, <laughs> I tell you what, this book's been around for many years. There's a lot of messages being preached right out of this Word right here. If it's new, I start getting scared a little bit. <laughs> I'll stick with the old stuff. The old stuff works. I don't need nothing new, fancy. I don't need that mess. I like the old stuff. In Mark chapter number 5 this morning, When you found your place, I want to begin reading in verse number 25. Mark chapter 5, verse number 25. The Bible says, And a certain woman which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, And was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind, and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. Every bit of it. She fessed up. This morning with the Lord's help, I want to preach a message entitled, Three Things You Cannot Do and Be Saved. You say, Justin, that's a very controversial uh, title for this message. Yes, you're exactly right. But as you'll see, it's very scriptural. Three things in this passage of Scripture we see that you cannot do and be saved. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for this another opportunity to come out to your house, to get into the Scripture. Lord, I need your help. I need your touch this morning. I can't do it without you. Father, I pray you'd meet with us in a mighty way. Lord, we're looking for Your presence, and it's good to feel You in the midst. Certainly, there's been many requests on folks' hearts this morning, as they've been shared, and even by uplifted hand, those recovering from this awful virus that is around us. and Lord, I bless Your name for those that have fully recovered, and how You've seen us through. And Lord, even those that have had some rough times and still do, Lord, it's by your grace, Lord, that you give us another day to live. Lord, we don't deserve that. Lord, I pray that you bless these individuals. May your healing hand be upon them, restore them back to health, If it be thy will. Father, I pray as we have assembled together this morning, may we separate ourselves from things of this world. Nothing else matters at this very moment. But as we get into the Scripture, I pray that our hearts will be open and receptive to the Scripture and to the Holy Spirit. Father, as You move around in our midst, may You stir the hearts of people today. Speak to our hearts as only You can do. I can't go but for so far. I can only just touch the ears of individuals. But Lord, You can get way down into the recess and the depths of one's heart. And may you do that today. We bless your name, Father, for what you've done and what you're going to do. For in Jesus' name we do humbly ask. Amen. Certainly we see in this passage of Scripture, this woman with such an issue of blood for 12 years, she had, Brother Mickey, a particular issue pertaining to her blood. For 12 years she had suffered through this matter. For 12 years she had dealt with it. For 12 years she would tried to find remedy for this matter. But even though she had such a physical issue, we see that this woman most importantly had a spiritual issue as well. For 12 years she suffered through a physical ailment, but her whole life she had suffered with a spiritual predicament. For she was lost, I do believe. And by faith she decided to come to Jesus. But in this passage of Scripture we see some things that you cannot do and be saved. First of all, I want to point out in this passage of Scripture this morning that first of all, you cannot go anywhere else to anybody else or to anything else. Brother Allen, And be born again. There ain't nowhere else I can go but to Jesus and be saved. In this passage of Scripture, we see how this woman with this issue of blood, no doubt it says in verse 26, she had suffered many things of many physicians. This woman had went and seen many people about this particular issue. No doubt each and every doctor that she had contacted, maybe they all seemed to be very intelligent and each one maybe had their own theory in how to solve her problem. But every person she went to, everybody she contacted, everybody's input, everybody's thought and opinion, it was no good and it never worked. She had been to many physicians and the Bible says that nothing had bettered, but she got worse. Nothing had solved her problem. As she tried to find a, a cure for this physical ailment deep down inside of her, she had something else that was wrong with her. Certainly this Physical ailment could be cured by many doctors. But in this situation, we see it took more than just a physician. It took the great physician, it took Jesus Himself. You see, you can't just go to anybody and be born again, you can't just go with anything and be saved by God's grace. The Bible says she went to many physicians but she spent all she had with every ounce of her with her trust in everybody else with every dollar she had in her name. She tried to fix this problem and she never could. This problem was beyond what man could repair. But it took one that was greater than man. It took one that you couldn't buy and pay him to do it. And that's Jesus. Sadly, we live in a world today where people try to go elsewhere to get the help that they need. Don't we? Most certainly we do. It's evident when you look at the congregation today. If people knew that they could get some help in Jesus, I don't believe that the church building could be big enough to hold all of Wilkes County. But they'll find everything else under the sun to put their trust in to help them. Not only do we see that this woman had a physical issue, but I believe without a doubt it was a spiritual one, for she must come to Jesus. Nothing else can fix it. She spent all her money. No doubt she spent it on doctors. No doubt she spent her money on medication. Probably every prescription medication known to man, everything that the doctor could prescribe her, she had tried it all and none of it worked. Boy, these people trying to go elsewhere to find the gospel of Jesus Christ, but let me tell you something, it ain't going to work. You can run summers else. You can try to find saving grace and something else. Or someone else. I know I've expressed my opinion many times on those coexist stickers on people's books. I'd just much rather take them things off and burn Somebody say, man, right there. You know, we get getting a, a bad way of putting some presidents in that thinks that we can coexist. <coughs> It'd probably blow your mind when I try and get political. It'd probably blow your mind to think that we've had some presidents in the past that would stand up and say the same God that these Muslims worship is the same God that we as Christians worship. Hogwash and pickle juice. Nonsense. I don't know what kind of Christian he says he is. I'll tell you one thing, he ain't met the same Jesus that I've met in this book. Amen. Amen. You ain't going to find it nowhere else. Boy, the only way you can get what you need is to go to Jesus and Christ alone. My friend, there ain't nowhere else. I can't go to the Pope and get it. i tell you that right now. It can step on toes all it wants to. I don't have to go to the priest and pray and ask forgiveness. My mom and daddy couldn't take me and sprinkle me when I was little and christen me and say I was right with God. I tell you what, that holy water, it's the same water that comes out of my faucet Hope there at bird Road. I I might as well take a shower if we're just gonna do that. You want to get right with God, you must go directly to him. I can't go nowhere else. He is my mediator. He is my intercessor. I can't get it nowhere else. Three things you can't do, this is one of them. I can't go somewhere else and get saved. I must go to Christ. I still believe in that old time religion. I still believe in the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. How he shed his precious blood for me. Boy, I love preaching it. I love teaching it. And I love trusting it this morning. It's that old time religion. Brother Toby, it's good enough for me. Ain't nothing else can cut the mustard. It just don't work. This world is full of mock-ups, cover-ups, fakes and phonies, false religions and cults. They try to lead people to go elsewhere. But you got to go to Jesus. Ain't no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Jesus said, I am the way. Not a way. The way. Now I hope we got that cleared and settled. Everybody in Greece say amen on that one. It's awful quiet in here. We see that you can't just go any way you want to and be born again. You can't just go to anybody. You can't just trust anything. You must go to Jesus. You can't go just anywhere and be saved. Not only that, but we see in this pastor's scripture that you can't come on your own terms and be born again. Gets down just a little bit deeper. Drop the plow about two more inches and let's get to plowing. Let me tell you something, friend. You can come to Jesus, but the sad part is there's a lot of people they try to come to Jesus, boy, they got that right. But they come on their own terms, and that don't work. This lady right here, she said, if I could just touch his clothes, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I don't want no confrontation. I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to get real close. I don't want everybody to see me. I don't want everybody to know what's wrong with me. I've tried to hide this stuff for 12 years. I don't want everybody to know my business. Somebody say, man, right there. You can't come on your own terms. Pride gets in the way oftentimes, and people will not come to his terms. You say, Preacher, I just don't agree with that. Well, I don't rightly care if you do or not. Because my Bible tells me otherwise. You see, they some pretty wicked and evil things that happen within the realm of Religion. We talk about cults. Or false prophets. Other groups. Or organizations. That have a totally different message. Than what we preach and believe. But there are also. Those within. Our very denomination. That don't believe. What I believe. I'd rather trust the book. I've been in some fundamentally independent Baptist churches. And I wonder sometimes if they've ever read their Bible. But I tell you what, I've been in some Southern Baptist churches as well. And I wonder if they've read theirs. Now y'all can throw maters if you want to. I'm out here in the open. I'm getting ready to go back to the pulpit before the maters get thrown. Let me tell you something, friend. You better be careful what is preached and what is taught. There's too many people trying to walk around and add something to the Gospel message. If you're going to come to Jesus, you're going to come to Him on His own terms. Are y'all with me this morning? I ain't trying to pluck feathers. I'll tell you that right now. But if you don't come back, I'll just go ahead and pluck some tail feathers right now. If it don't line up with this book, I'll tell you what, I'm just better off going to the house, sitting down, minding my own business. I might as well not even be here. I'd better preach this book. It's truth. It's truth. This gospel has been muddied up for years by individuals. The enemy is trying his best to stomp a mud hole right here in the gospel. The sad part is even in our denomination, these people trying to muddy up the waters. And I don't like it. I don't like it. This is my gospel. It's precious to me. It's personal to me. My Savior died for me. I'm saved by grace through faith. That not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And to think that somebody could add something to this gospel, it irritates me. And it should you too, because it's personal. I can't come to Him on my own terms. My Bible tells me that we are all wicked. We're all sinners. There's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that seeketh after God. In and of my own self, I do not desire God, and it takes the Holy Spirit to draw me. Jesus said one cannot come into his Father unless the Spirit draw him. And my friend, we we must come to Him on His own terms. We have a sweet Holy Spirit that draws sinners to a place of repentance. You don't just come when you feel like it. You don't make up your own contract, your own rules and regulations of being saved. I'm sick and tired of this lordship salvation that's being preached, well, you must make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Show me in the Bible. If you try to show me a verse that says I must make Him Lord of my life, I'll show you another one in Matthew chapter number 7 where He said, Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say. There's too many people got something false. They ain't got the goods. They muddy up the gospel, Alan, and I don't like it. Paul said in Romans chapter eleven. Y'all go over, flip over, and read that. He said, if it's not by grace, it's by works. Tony. If it's of works, it's not of grace. It's a hundred percent grace, or it's nothing boy this is something you can mark it down as the days go on we must protect we must look over it we must keep it pure as Christians we must see that this precious gospel is unadulterated by the rest of this world even our own denomination now I'm Baptist through and through don't think I'm saying I want to go non-denominational I'll tell you that let me tell you I don't want to add nothing to the Word. I don't want to take anything away from it. This Gospel which I preach, I believe it wholeheartedly. And when I got born again, I come to Him at His terms. This contract that He made is unconditional. I can't lose my salvation if I wanted to. Once I'm in His hand, He cannot let anything put me out. i hate to think that I trusted a Savior that would allow me to lose my soul. I'm thankful this morning I've got a Savior that will keep me. He'll hold me tight. He'll protect me even through life's storms. Hallelujah. Amen. <coughs> I got too much blood in this thing. I'll tell you that right now. I got to studying some of my genealogy. One of these days I'm going to get it all compiled and share it with you. Because I think it's amazing. But I've got a a third and a fourth great grand uncle that founded Knob's Baptist Church. Levi McCann. Levi McCann. J.D. John David McCann. I believe it was. Way back when. 1906. Tommy, I got too much blood in this thing. I got people went on before me and preached this gospel. It ain't, hey, it ain't for me to give it up. It ain't time for me to let somebody adulterate this gospel which I preach. I've got a great, great grandpa pastored right here, Carl Cochran. I've got blood in this thing. It was there before me and it's an honor to stand in this place. I tell you what, it ain't time for me. I don't want to give it up when I'm in possession. When it's my responsibility. I don't want to be the one that drops the ball. This gospel special to me. And I realize that when one gets born again, they come to Jesus in His terms. It's unconditional. You see, when a Legal contract, a binding contract is made most of the time. There's two parties. And they come to an agreement in this contract. It's signed, sealed, delivered. But you see, in this contract, my Bible tells me that it's one sided. I had no part in it, all I got to do is accept it. My Savior done the rest. There's no sense in me adding anything to it. There's no sense in me taking anything away from it. When I come to Him, I must come to Him in His own terms, not mine. Too many people try to sneak up behind Jesus just as this woman did. When she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched His garment. Pride had gotten away, Brother Mark. Pride. I don't want everybody to know what happened to me. I hate to tell you, if you think you can hide it, you ain't going to be able to stand my next point. If you think you can hide it, if you think you can touch Jesus, and you don't want nobody else to know about it, you don't want this news to get out, you better just shut your Bible right now and walk out the door. Not only do we see that uh, you can't go to anybody else and get saved. Not only do we see in this passage Scripture that you can't come on your own terms and get saved. But we see right here that you can't leave the same. She came and touched his garment. And just touching his garment, she felt a difference. She felt that she was clean and clear of this plague that was bothering her physically. But you see, there was a dilemma. She simply touched his garment and virtue had left his body. Boy, that says a lot about my Savior. To think that virtue had left his body. And amongst the press that was in him, he looked around and said, Who in the world just touched me? I felt something leave. Who touched me? Who done it? Little disclaimer. When God is asking a question, he's not asking it because he does not know. When God asks a question, He's giving you an opportunity to fess up. Who touched me? This woman very fearfully and humbly bowed down before Him. In verse 33, knowing what was done in her, she knew that a change had taken place In her life. And she was going to leave that place differently. Physically there was a change. And there's not a doubt in my mind. If she would have left right there. She could have been healed. (coughs) She could have went back. And maybe this disease would have come back. Who knows. (coughs) But at that moment. She knew with all her heart. She was healed. At that moment, she knew with all her being there was a change. She felt this virtue leave him and change her. And she knew when she left at that very moment, she wasn't going to leave the same. A change takes place in one's life. We're not saved by works, we're not saved by feelings. But faith without works is dead, the Scripture says. I know that there is something that accompanies faith. My Bible tells me that. It does not save me. I do not depend on it. I do not trust it. Faith brought me to Christ, but Christ brought me to a chain. Faith without works is dead. This very faith that brought her to Jesus just to touch the hem of his garment, she realized there was some more work to be done. And it wasn't just physical, but spiritual. Certainly, this woman had heard of Jesus. That's why she decided to go to him. Maybe she had never seen him. Maybe she did. I don't know. But for some reason or another, she shied off and just wanted to touch his garment and go back home and not be involved. I can almost sense the shyness about her. Sneaking up behind him as he's walking through the press and maybe she just reached up there and touched his garment I was going to go back home. But in this state of being insecure and shy about the matter, when Jesus turned around and gave her an opportunity to fess up and get things right, she fell on her knees. She fell down before her Savior. said, Lord, I did. I touched you. I need you. There's a change that takes place. When one comes to Christ, my friend, it's hard to explain. It's hard to describe because it's not in and of ourselves. From someone being so shy and backwards to kneeling down before Christ amongst a whole multitude of people, there's a change in the place. She wasn't going to leave that place the same. I like what the Scripture says in verse 34. Jesus said, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Tony, He didn't just say, Daughter, you're cleansed of your physical ailment. He said, you've been made whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. There was a fullness and fulfillment physically and spiritually in her life by faith. When she left that place, she didn't leave the same. now I don't know about you, but my Scripture tells me that you can't leave the same and be born again. I like the good old time reading. Boy, it was good for those that went on before me. And it's good enough for me. I've heard too many stories and I've seen too many counts of people that it wholeheartedly got right with God and their lives changed. See a change. You see a change in their demeanor. From having nothing to do with God to being all about Him. Having no desire to come out to the church house to being here all the time. To have no desire or zeal to witness in Jesus' name, to telling everybody what Jesus done. I've seen the Lord get a hold of way too many people and change them completely to say that if you get born again, you ain't going to change. Let me tell you something. There's more than just a change that's going to take place i seen when I made my professional faith As a nine-year-old boy at Mountview Baptist Church, my prayer didn't save me. My grandpa didn't save me. My mama didn't save me. That message he preached didn't save me. But the gospel, the very item in that gospel, this Jesus, Brother Terry, this one, which he told me about, this man saved my soul, Jesus. Yeah. I believe the Lord is still blessing even in an era where the gospel tends to get muddied it? He still does his work. I'm going to stand on what I believe, but he still does his work. I like this old time religion. It's been good enough for me. I've seen too many people change. They fall down on their knees of sinner and they get up shouting. I've seen too many shouting grannies. Boy, have themself a time when God gets a hold of them because they have been with Jesus. Have you? I've seen change take place in my own life, in my profession of faith, from things that I did not desire, did not love, yet God would change my heart and fall in love with Him, in love with the Scripture, in love with Him, in love with prayer, in love with preaching, in love with His people, Boy, there's a change take place in me. And it can in you. Do you know Christ this morning as your personal Lord and Savior? And if you don't, I ask you this morning as we stand to our feet with heads bowed and eyes closed, it's a prime time to get things settled. You can't go anywhere else. You can't go to anybody else. You can't trust in anything else. You can't come on your own terms. While He's knocking today, boy, you might as well get it settled. And I can guarantee you this, just like that woman with the issue of blood, when she came, you're going to leave this place changed. You get old to Jesus you'll leave this place changed. If you've got a need this morning, sinner friend, if you're lost, none done, don't know Christ is your Savior, I ask you to come. You better mind Him. While He's knocking on your heart's door, I ask you to come. Don't hesitate. Don't wait.